Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. The title of this night is Submit. And that's a word everybody loves. Everybody looks at me next to me and say, Submit. Say it like you mean it. Say, Submit. David, tell Diane to submit. <laughs> submit. You know, when we were at, uh, at Rama, uh, Brother Keith Moore was one of the instructors while we were there, and uh, he taught a class on submission and authority. And, um, but it was an awesome class. And uh, he, now, I, I was trying to remember, did he, he taught our first year, but then he, he did both years. Um, but we, he was only there for our first year and then he left, left the school after that. But anyway, it was an amazing class. And, and, um, you know, I remember him saying, you know, when he, when he introduced the class that, uh, the issue or the, the, the subject of submission, people say, Oh, I got that. Anybody says I got this has never had to do it. Anybody says I get this submission thing, the submit thing. I, I, I have no, I don't have any problems there. It means they've never actually submitted. They've never had a problem because they never did it. If you've ever had to submit, it's something you had to make a decision to do. And, and, and it's, you had to put your flesh under to do it. And uh, so the class, you know, talked about submission and authority. And I'm really not going to talk about that so much to say. But I just want to tonight, and, and, and I'll say this, this is not supposed to be an in-depth uh, deal. But just out of my heart to keep it real simple tonight. Uh, but I had a specifically, not submission and authority, but submit to authority. Or to the authority, rather. Submit to the authority. And I want to read just a couple of scriptures to you here in James. You can go to James chapter 4. James, the fourth chapter. And I know this is something that we know, but how many know we need to be reminded of these things and, and constantly uh, checking ourselves, checking our, our, our walk, our faith walk, our life, and make sure we're doing these things. Amen. How many know the blessings not only have heard, but it's hearing and then doing? And if we're not conscious and, and specific in our doing, it's easy to let things slip, but... Uh, in James chapter 4, in the 7th verse, it says, Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Therefore, submit to God. Everybody loves the next part, resist the devil, and he'll flee. Oh, I'm going to resist the devil, I'm going to resist the devil, and he's going to flee. How many know the resisting and the fleeing comes after the submitting to God? Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. Actually, I, I wrote it down on my copy that scripture. I'm going to turn there myself. It says the therefore. Let's read what it's there for. In James uh, chapter 4, let me get there. James chapter 4. We'll just start in verse 1. Where do wars and fights come from among you? Always from the other person, right? No, that's not it. Where do wars and fights come from? Do they not come from your desire for pleasure that wars in your members? You lust and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. I think pastor just said this was written to the church. That sounds like a wonderful church, he said. Well, you know, this is, this is fallen human nature. We all have some of this fallen human nature in us that we need to be working on, right? It says, you lust, do not have, you murder and covet and cannot obtain, you fight in war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your own pleasures, Boy, I love it when the scriptures just get real. Adulterers and adulteresses, exclamation mark. 
And he wasn't writing to people down at the, at the, at the pub. He was, writing, he was writing to believers here. He said, adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity or opposition with God? Whoever, therefore, wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. I tell you, we have to really watch how, how we approach life. Therefore, whoever wants to be a friend of the world makes themselves an enemy of God. Or do you think that the scripture says in vain, the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously? Verse 6, but he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. It wasn't that long ago I read that scripture, and I just had the, uh, the mental picture. I, uh, I believe the Lord gave it to me. We read the scripture, oh, you know, that, that there's, there's the lack of grace when we're not humble. When we are not humble, that God is just, there's not grace there. No, it says that actually God resists the proud. Pride actually gets opposition from God. You can have a lot of people against you. You don't want God against you. So pride in any area, pride is something that, that we all have got to make sure we stay. It's, it is the thing that tripped the enemy up was pride. And a pastor this morning said about praying for our president, you know, that he, he has an issue with pride. I'd say we, we all probably have issues with pride. Oh, now if you think you've arrived, it smells like pride to me. <laughs> now we all have pride is something that we've got to always stand against. God resists the pride or the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God. It's interesting, humility and submission go hand in hand. Right here in these scriptures, submission and humility go hand in hand. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Of course, it goes on to say, draw near to God, and he'll draw near to you. Thank God. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Ooh. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the sight of God and he will lift you up. Praise God. Thank God we get the opportunity to submit to God. You know, this word submit, I looked it up today just because it's our favorite word in the English dictionary. It says to yield oneself to the power or authority of another. And yield is another word we don't like. That just simply means to surrender or submit as to superior power. You know, our lives really should be an example of submission to God. What have you submitted in lately? What have you been submitting in lately? Now, you can think, well, I've got it all figured out. No, listen, there are areas we can submit in because we've not, we, have all, we all have life we've got to deal with and, and things in us that we need to be submitting before God, yielding to him, surrendering and submitting to him. And it says that, uh, resist, therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Go over to 1 Peter chapter 5, 1 Peter the 5th chapter. Don't you love talking about submission? It is a glorious thing, actually. It's a blessing. I'm so glad we get the opportunity to submit now the choice versus waiting and being forced to submit later. But submission's coming. We get to do it now by will, Amen. Here in the, in the first Peter chapter five, it says, therefore, humble yourselves. That just means submit, submit yourselves. They go hand in hand under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Soon I read the scripture. I realize that God has some exaltation. He wants to do in all of us. He wants to exalt us. Listen, God is not worried about you being exalted. He's not concerned about it. He's not against it. He just wants to make sure that we're humble and that we've submitted ourselves to him, right? 
Our promotion in any area is directly tied to our submission in that area. Our promotion in any area is directly tied to our submission in that area. Our submission to God. If there's an area in our life where we can see where we're needing to be promoted, if we're needing to see the devil flee, if we're needing to see some, uh, some victory of the enemy, if we're needing to see some promotion, there's always some submitting that must come before that in order for that time of promotion to come our way. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Isaiah chapter 1. Go look at this scripture. Isaiah the first chapter. Scripture that we know very well, but it's a good one. Isaiah chapter 1. We're talking about submitting to God. Isaiah one nineteen. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. If you are willing and obedient, that means fully submitted. In every area, you will eat the good of the land. You could say that he could have said it this way. The submitted in heart, which is willing, and action, which is obedient, will eat the good of the land. You know, we can trust God in all areas of life. You know, Zach read the scripture to acknowledge him in every way, to look at. We, God can be trusted in every area of life. There's not a single area that he's got an opinion on, which is most areas. Now, what color socks you had on today, he probably didn't care about that. But in the important decisions of life, every area, he's got something to say about those things. And our, our choice, whether or not uh, uh, we submit or not, oftentimes comes, starts from the very beginning. Can we trust God? Can we trust God? Is it in our favor to trust the Lord? I'm going to tell you now, it is in our favor to trust God to submit ourselves to God, to walk uh, in line with his word, to walk in line with what he said to us, to simply submit, to yield ourselves to him. Submission to God's word starts, first of all, by submitting to his word. And uh, look over at 2 Timothy, the third chapter. This is a scripture, a set of scriptures that I've read next door specifically uh, a lot in recent months. And um, uh, it's something the Lord keeps bringing back to my attention, so I think it's good for all of us to read again. But in 2 Timothy, the third chapter, in the 16th verse. I don't know what that, do y'all hear that? It sounded like it came from right underneath me. No? It came from back there. Okay, all right. Like, this thing's falling apart on me. All right. It's so good today. The pulpit's just, just disintegrating. I, I thought it was came underneath my feet. But anyway, all right. Second Timothy chapter three. Remember that? Remember years ago that guy who did that at our church. Who was that? There was some sound. There was feedback in the in the in the sound system. He went pow! It did something. He fell out. He went oh! And he grabbed his chest and fell to the floor like he got shot. Who was that? It was one of the greatest things I've ever seen. It was just so. It was so smooth. That happened so so fast. There was like some boom in the sound system. He went, oh! And he fell down on the ground. And I have no idea. He never got invited back. So anyway, probably shouldn't do that. <laughs> I never saw him again after that, so we won't do that. But anyway, it was great, but not good. All right, so 2 Timothy, the third chapter. It says, all scripture is given by God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man or woman of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Everybody say all scripture. All scriptures. I'm, I'm sure you're like me. There's certain scriptures you like that you're specifically fond of, but they're all good. 
All scripture is given by inspiration of God. The Amplified said every scripture is God breathed, given by his inspiration and profitable for instruction, for proof, reproof and conviction of sin, for correction of error and discipline and obedience and for training in righteousness, which is holy living in conformity to God's will and thought, purpose and action so that the man of God may be complete and proficient, well fitted and thoroughly equipped for every good work. Those are, those are good words right there. You know, when we come together, we get an opportunity to hear the inspired word of God. And it's profitable for every area of our life. You know, singing this afternoon, it's so important that we treat God's word as holy. And we also look at God's word as absolute. Now, we know the goodness of God that, all, that, that it never, there's no variation or shadow of turning. There's also no variation or shadow of turning in his word. All scripture is given by God. Every bit of scripture is given by God. We're talking about submitting to God. Don't forget, we're talking about submitting to God. And the number one way we, we submit to God is by getting a hold of God's word and finding out what it says to us. Every scripture is profitable. I know this is deep tonight, but every scripture is profitable. This is how you live your life. If you want success in life, this is where it starts. Scripture, all scripture is given by God. I don't have a pet scripture or something I like, and those I don't like, so I'll stay away from them. All scripture is inspired by God. And it is not only inspired, but it's profitable. All scripture is inspired and profitable. What does profitable mean? It pays off. There's reward attached to our obedience to that. Submitting to God, first of all, starts with submitting to God's word. What God has said, that is what we are to submit to. Somebody say, well, I've tried that. It is. We don't try it. This is not Star Wars, right? We don't try it. What does Yoda say? There is no try, only do, right? That we, we should have a Yoda approach. See how my mind works sometimes? We need to submit to God and not just try it. Not just give it a shot because when you just try something, if, you're, if your attitude, if your approach to the word of God is, I'll give it a shot and see if it works, you're already not living in faith. Any area that you just try it and just see, well, I'll just see if that, you're already not approaching it by faith because there's not a confident expectation attached to trying something. There's not a confident expectation attached to that, but when you know what it says and you just do it because God said it and I know that it's inspired by God and it's profitable and so I'm going to do it, I'm just going to do what it says, that's when God can hook up with you. That's when God can partner with you. That's when the profitable end starts showing up in our life. Listen, God's word should remain number one in every area of our life. God's word should remain number one in every area of your, our life, even the things that are controversial. I know people say, well, that's being narrow-minded. Yes, and narrow is the way. If, it, if it'll keep me out of hell, I'm going to be narrow-minded. Listen, if, so, if I were to go outside and say the sky is blue, that is not narrow-minded if it's blue. That's called truth. And I don't care who says it's purple. If it's blue, I'm going to call it blue. That's not being narrow-minded. We need not cower down to other people's opinions or the, or the, or the, the tone of this world or society. That is not narrow-minded. That is siding with God. Siding with God always pays off. Siding with God always. It's a fool who says in his heart that I know better. Mama didn't raise no fool. 
God didn't birth fools. God's word is truth. Amen. Go over to James, uh, the first chapter, James chapter one. I quoted this, but I, I want to look at it. James, the, the first chapter. And I've been involved in this now for, for my whole life, basically, raised in a pastor's home and seen these things. I've, you know, I told somebody today, we've been back here for 17 years at, at Impact after came back from Jacksonville. It's been a long time. And I've seen this happen many, many, many times in James, the first chapter. In the um, verse 16, it says, do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. So there is, there is an opportunity. James was addressing something here. James was written to the church. He said, don't be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation of shadow and turning. Like I said, I've been around this a long time. Whether you are a teenager or in your 20s or in your 70s, God's word does not change. Submission to God and the things we're going to talk about applies to every period and season of your life. If we want to have, if we want our relationship with God to be one that changes as we go through life and we face different things, if we want a changing relationship, changing parameters, that means the blessing attached should be changing as well. I don't think any of us want that. We want God to remain faithful, right? We want God to remain faithful and true. Then we've got to remain faithful and true. If we expect to serve a God that doesn't change in his goodness, we ought not change in our submission. If we want God to remain faithful in every area of our life, then we must remain faithful and submitted in every area of our life. The minute we get outside of our submission to God, we disqualify ourselves for what God wants to do. Not because God is no longer faithful, it's because we've not been submitted. We've moved out of being submitted to him. Submission is everything in our life. Submission to God is everything. It is really the foundation for, for Christian success. If you want to be successful as a believer, submit to God. Be successful in your Christian walk, be submitted to God. Like I said, it's not, a, it's not an in-depth, heavy-duty deal, but it is life-changing to make a decision that I'm going to be submitted in every single area of my life. When the Lord shows me something, when I see something in God's Word, I'm not running from it, but when I see it, I'm going to embrace it and I'm going to make it my own. I don't care how difficult it is, I'm going to hold on to that thing because it is profitable to me. It is beneficial to me. So talk to, I just wrote down some areas that we need to be submitted in. Go over to Matthew, the 26th chapter, Matthew chapter 26. And this is not an exhaustive list by any means, just a few things that uh, I believe the Lord laid on my heart tonight. And you could really spend a lot of time in each one of these, but, but we won't do that tonight. Here in Matthew, the uh, 26th verse, we've got Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane. And in the 36th verse, it says, Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to the disciples, Sit here while I go and pray over there. And he took with him Peter and, and the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be sorrowful and, and deeply distressed. You know, I think sometimes we, we read over these scriptures and we think, Yeah, I mean, he was deeply distressed, but we... we 
Now, remember, we're talking about submitting to God. So, you know, sometimes submitting is not easy. Submission is not always easy. That's why people don't like the topic. That's why it's not one of our favorite words. Submitting involves, there's some pain involved in submission. Now, the first area that I wrote down here is to be submitted to God is in our will. And, of course, you know, we read, I don't, I don't know if there's a better example of submitting to the will of God than, than Jesus himself, than, than the example that our master gave us. But a lot of times we read these things, we said, and it says here that he, be, he, he uh, began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. We think, yeah, that's distress, and we, we know what we know what was coming because we've, we've read, we know what's happened. But it's easy to explain that away. Well, he was, he was deeply distressed, but he was, after all, the son of God. Have you ever done that before where you kind of, you kind of, and most, most of us would, agree, would have to agree, I would think that we read these things and we would read it in light of the fact that, well, he's Jesus, he's the son of God. And, and because, you know, God had this plan from the very beginning, he knew that man would fail, he knew these things would happen, so God had a plan from the foundations of the world. Jesus was aware of those plans. He knew what those plans were, so he knew it. He knew it was coming. He knew it had to happen. He had been speaking to his disciples for three years about his death. They didn't understand what was coming. Now he's gotten to the place. He had, he had eternity past, untold ages past, to get himself prepared for this. And so when it says he was deeply sorrowful and distressed, yeah, but he had already come to the place where he had already made the decision to do it, which I believe he had made the decision to do it. But that distress really wasn't as intense as, as wasn't all that bad. I tell you here, he was, he was as distressed as any part person could possibly be distressed. Yes, he was the son of God, but scripture tells us he laid aside all of this, his, his heavenly rights. He laid aside those things and he faced everything like we would face. None of us have, has made, have, have had to make this decision. None of us here have had to lay down our life for somebody else. How do I, how do you know that? Cause you're still here. But it went beyond that. He had to lay down his life for something that he didn't deserve and take on the sin and the wrongdoing of every person, past, present, and future. He had to carry that on himself, the weight of that. Have you ever done something and the weight of it seemed to be too great to bear? Anybody? That something's gone on and you thought, oh, this is... The weight of this is just too great. I, I'm reminded when I was a when I was a kid. I've told this story before, but you know, kids do dumb things. And uh, when I was in the sixth grade, I did something really dumb. I'm sure you remember this. I've told this story before. When I was in the sixth grade, I, I decided we had gotten our report card had come out, and I had a particular class, Miss Roten's class. She taught science, uh, science or English, one of the two. I don't know. It doesn't matter. I was still stupid, whatever it was, but. Um, I had just decided I wasn't going to do anything. Growing up, you know, I, I tended, I got decent grades, good grades, but I always tended to get the one that talks too much in class note on their, on their, uh, their teacher's report. And so I, I like to talk, and, and, and uh, I know nobody here has ever done that before. Steve Morgan. But anyway, uh, you know, I, I used to do, I had a little problem. So this one particular class, I just did nothing. I just, I just did nothing the whole time, and you know, you, you can do this for, for a amount of time, but report cards eventually coming out. And so I didn't think that far down the road, but they came out and I didn't get an, uh, a B or a C or a, or a D even, or even an F. I got an I. It means you did so little, we couldn't even give you a grade. Your, your effort was so pathetic, we can't even give you a grade. We give you an I. And I knew that I meant I was dead, right? I, 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 I was in trouble. 
But you know, when you do something dumb, a lot of times you keep adding to it. You keep, you keep, you dig that hole, you, you start digging a little deeper. And so report cards came out and, and, you know, now you get a message, you get a text. I mean, if our kids are ever out of, ever even miss a class, I mean, I was, when we took, went to, you know, to uh, Colorado, every day I'd get three phone calls, one for each of them. They missed school, right? And every, and one after another, I'd get phone calls that they missed class. Well, back then they didn't have that. You know, we get reminders from report cards came out. Well, they don't, they don't get, we didn't get that. Well, reports, report cards came out and, and uh, I didn't say anything about it. I, I kept it in my backpack. So after a little bit of time went by, you know, one of them said, hey, didn't report cards come out? And I said, nope, they didn't come out. There was something wrong, you know, in my great wisdom. There was something wrong, and, and they didn't print it. And so I thought, oh, I got this. Oh, yeah, I got it. I'm smarter than them. Well, then they asked me again, hey, when are, when, are, when are report cards? Didn't report cards come out? Oh, no, report cards didn't come out. No, they're good. And I'm starting to sweat because now they're asking me twice. My, my lie didn't work. And so I means I'm in trouble. So I'm, I, I continued to make up stuff about it. The weight of what I had done started to turn my entire existence at that moment. I started dreading. Now, the eye is bad, but what comes after the, um, after the eye is way worse than the eye, right? And I was in trouble for getting the evil eye. I was going to get evil something else, you know, and so I, I was getting concerned. Eventually, this went on. And of course, my teachers asked me, are your parents in? Because she had requested a teacher-parent conference. So I'm getting it from both sides. She wants to talk to my mom and dad. My mom and dad want to see my report card, and I got it in my backpack, and I'm not talking to anybody. I told, them they were, I told her they were out of town. Oh, they're out of town right now. They can't come in. They're out of town. They got stuff they're doing. You know, and of course, she knew that I was a preacher's kid, so they're at a church thing, lying about church stuff. But anyway, like, oh, that's going to work. Uh, it's, it's church that she'll leave me alone. This went on for weeks. So finally, she's like, I'm calling your parents because we are meeting. They cannot be gone for a month. I mean, they, you, you got to be eating and living with somebody. And so I'm calling home. So finally, I went home today. I said, I got to give it to mom and dad because Miss Roten's calling. And so remember, I pulled out this report card, and it was tattered and, and withered and shriveled up. I was so scared. The weight of that, I mean, that's all I thought about, the weight of that. The weight of my decision, the weight of what was coming, the weight of the fact that I had, I mean, not only done wrong, but I had greatly disappointed them in this moment. And the consequences of what was coming, my actions, I remember just, I remember, I don't think any time greater than my childhood in school related that I was that scared was at that moment because I had been lying for so long, the weight of what I had done was on me. Talk about the weight of something being on you. I remember not sleeping, not eating well. I mean, I was just, I was miserable. Jesus took on that and worse of the entire human race on himself. He knew that was coming, but it's when he was deeply sorrowful, he had a massive decision to make. At no point along the way was it a guarantee he was going to, he still had a decision to either submit or to not submit. So he was deeply sorrowful. Sorrowful and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrow, even to death. Stay here and watch with me. He went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Then he came to his disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, what could you not watch with me an hour? Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit is indeed as willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, he, a second time he went in and prayed saying, Oh, my father, if this cup cannot pass away from me, unless I drink it, your will be done. Of course, we know he prayed it a third time and then his betrayer came. 
But the first area is our will, submitting our will to God. Submitting our will to God. If Jesus could, could submit in this area, we can submit to anything that God asks us to do. If Jesus could submit and be at the place even to death and eventually did die on the cross the way he did, not my will, but thy will be done. If he could do that, surely we could submit to Scripture that is profitable, to commandments in Scripture that is for our profit. What Jesus submitted to, there was no profit to him. There was just profit to us. But Scripture has all been it's inspired by God, given by God, and it's profitable to us. We can submit. We must submit to him in every area of our life. It is the difference between power and no power in our life. Whatever we refuse to submit to, we do two things. We deny the power of it in our life. Imagine if we don't submit to something, we deny its power in our life. There's so many different topics we could talk about. But it all starts with our will, being willing. That scripture in Isaiah is being willing and obedient, started by being willing. I'll never forget Brother Hagin told the story when he left the, the, the pastor and went into the teaching ministry, the traveling ministry. He was talking about, uh, just this week I was listening to him, and he said that he uh, had gone out and, and uh, uh, was on the road for a year, and his tires were flat, his car was breaking out, and had to sell it for junk, and all this other stuff was happening. He went to the Lord. He said, Lord, he said, I am I'm doing what you called me to do. I know that you told me to leave the pastorate, to go out on the road. I know you told me to do this, but look what's happening. You said that I'd eat the good of the land, and, and I'm not eating the good of the land. My kids aren't getting fed properly. My, my, my kids aren't clothed. I'm not clothed. None of these things are happening in my life the way you said. I mean, it's not a good idea to shake our finger at God. And that's in essence, that's what he was doing. He was shaking his finger. God, you said, and it's not happening. And the Lord said, well, it's because you don't qualify. You don't qualify. He said, what do you mean you don't qualify? He said, you're obedient, but you're not willing. So you can even do the right thing, but if your heart's not right, you deny the power of it in your life. And more times than not, if your heart's not right, you won't be obedient anyway. But there are areas that we can be obedient in, but if our heart's not willing, if our heart's not submitted, if we've not submitted to God's will in our own, in ourselves, in our heart, and made a determination, I'm not going to fight this. I'm going to yield this area to God, and I'm going to get my will behind it. We deny the power of that in our life. Now, there are always times of testing that we go through. There's always times of testing that we go through, that things that, that we've got to prove ourselves faithful. And we have to prove ourselves to, 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 to walk worthy of the Lord and to do what he's told us. There's always those periods. But if we're in any area of our life, if we're going for, for, from long periods of time, 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 and never seeing a breakthrough in something, check up on, our, on, our, on the willingness factor. Are we submitting to God in those areas? A lack of submission, the area of willingness will stop the power of God by moving in our life. The other thing that it does, it delegitimize, I can't even say that word, I don't even know if it's a word. It delegitimizes, no, delegitimizes the power of the word of God for somebody else. Not only does it affect the power for you, 
and denies the power of God in your life, the, the, the producing power of, of God's faithfulness and God's word, the part that is profitable to you, it cuts off the profitableness, but it delegitimizes the power that for somebody else. Meaning it, it stops the power of our example of obedience in the life of somebody else. See, the area of submission is about us, and submitting to God absolutely affects us. But the reality is it affects everybody else we come into contact with in those areas. It affects them even greater. Where with our, dis, our unwillingness to submit to God, it just affects my life. But my unwillingness, as a parent, as a father, my unwillingness, my not being willing to submit my will to God or submit to God in any area, yes, it affects me. But more importantly, it affects Amy, affects Jack, it affects Nate, it affects Mia, it affects everybody that comes after, everybody attached to me. In whatever position that God has placed me in, no matter where we are in life, it doesn't just stop there, it goes on down the line. Yes, it denies the power in your life, it also denies it the power of life-changingness in somebody else's life. Submitting to God is huge. Submitting to God is huge. It, huge. In every area, it is huge. Any area in which we're not submitted to God, he is limited in what he can do for us. We must be submitted to the Lord in every area of life. Listen, God can't bless an unsubmitted heart. You can, be, you can come to church every single service because you have to keep your attendance numbers up to be able to serve. I know nobody's ever done that. I got to keep my numbers up. Got to go. God, God can't bless that. He just can't bless that. You can do that until the cows come home. Isn't that the saying, right? You can do that all day long, but not reap any reward. Listen, if you're just doing anything to get something else and, and your heart isn't in because you want to please God and be submitted to him, then whatever that thing is you're doing it for, that's your reward. If you're, that same example, if your reason for coming is just you can satisfy an attendance policy, and if you think that's a problem, thank God there's an attendance policy. Because if there wasn't, I know a ton of churches where there isn't one and people are a mess. Right? But if that's your only reason, it's to be able to qualify so you can do this thing, then serving in that department, that's your reward. That's, that's the end of your, resort, your reward right there. If you're going to do it, get your heart right. Brother Hagin, that story, he said, you know, when the Lord told him that, you can't argue with God. He was like, oh, okay. He said, you know what? He said, it took me all of about five seconds to get willing. He dealt with it right away. Oh, okay, now you showed me something, I'm going to get willing. He said, the moment he did that, things turned around. Things in that area, the power that had been denied in that area started moving in that area. And he never looked back. I know Amy, we worked in, 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 uh, uh, in Tulsa. She worked at the bank that Brother Hagen banked in. He always had large sums of money in his pocket. Think what it's all about. That was his blessing money. He called it that. That was his sewing money. He walked around with $100 bills to be able to bless people with $100 bills. But would you like to be able to do that? Some of you are like, Yeah. He loved it. It was no greater joy. He didn't need it. He just did it. He had that in his pocket as his blessing money. How did it start? Sir, that moment he got willing. How did he get there? He got willing with what he was doing. Not just obedient, but he was willing. 
We've got to lay our will down at the feet of Jesus. Well, why, why does he have to? Because why does it have to be this way? Because because <laughs> it would be unjust to reward an unwilling heart, an unsubmitted heart, the same way you reward a submitted heart. It would be unjust, and God is just first and foremost. He is just. Our will, our ways, our will, His ways. We got to know that God knows what He's talking about. You know, scripture in Jeremiah twenty nine eleven is scripture people talk read. You know, we talk about God's plan for your life, and uh, you know, I know the thoughts that I think towards you says the Lord thoughts of good, not of evil. We've all heard that scripture. I love the Message Bible. I believe it says, "I know what I'm doing." That was God speaking. I know what I'm doing. I've got it all figured out. We've got to we've got to trust that God knows what He's doing. Get willing, submit your will to God. If God is asking you to do something, get your heart behind it. If you see it in God's word, get your heart behind it. Connect your heart behind it. It will pay off for you. Quit going around the same thing over and over and over again. Quit going the same route. Let God partner with, what, with you in that area. Let God become on your side. Submit to God and get willing Get willing. God is faithful. I'm talking about submission. That's not a feel-good message. This is the truth. This is the truth. This will set you free. A couple of the areas I'll just quickly talk about. Our affections. Colossians chapter 3. You can look at it. Colossians 3, the, the, the second verse. verse 2, it says, set your mind, the King James says, affection on things above, not on the things of this earth. Our affections must be on God. We ought to love what God says more than what anybody else says. We ought to love his plans and his thoughts about things more than anybody else. We ought to love the things of God more than anything else. We're talking about submitting to God, our affection. What, what makes us tick? What are the things that inspire us in life? What are the things that drive us in life? Listen, thank God for T-ball, but T-ball shouldn't drive us in life. And I say because I grew up playing T-ball, but it shouldn't drive you. But it's any, there's all kinds of things that, that people have their heart connected to, and somewhere else, God is somewhere else on the list. Listen, he, he gave everything. We can't make him our number two in any area. We can't make him our, our number two or our backup plan or our backup affection in any area of life. He's got to be number one. I love God more than I love my wife. She's got to be number one. I love God more than I love my family. He's got to be number one. I've got to love my, my God more than I love the church. He's got to be number one. But when he's number one, all the rest of the stuff stay in place. That something crazy never gets in front of my wife because I love God more than I love her. It's got to remain number one. We're talking, about, we're talking about God blessing you and God promoting you and God moving you forward. If we're going to have those things, we've got to submit even our heart to God, our affection, our love to him. He's got to remain number one. He's got to remain number one in every area. John chapter, 1 John chapter 2, I'll read it to you. It says, for, for do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the, eye, the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, 
is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away in the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. We ought to love him and what he values more than anything else. He's got to teach that to our children, to love God more than anything else. To value what he says, what God says, what God says is important more than anything else. Our affections must be upon him. Our priorities have got to be submitted to God. This is all tied into your will, but it's, it's, it's such an important, an important area. God can't be, he has to be number one in every single area of our life. He's got to be priority number one. Another area the Lord put on my heart was our time. Submitting to God in our time. I personally believe time is our most precious resource that we have, is our time. Money comes, money goes, right? You can get it back. You can spend it, you can get it back. You never get your time back. You never get that back. I've never been 21 twice. What a bummer. 24 years have come and gone. I've never been 21 again. It'll never happen. You will never get today back. Make God our priority. Submit our, our time to him. You know, Zach mentioned, I mentioned this morning about serving. It's such an important thing. It's something you can give of your time. And it's tied to the next one. I was going to talk about our resources. Submitting to God. And resources isn't just about money. It's about the things that he's placed within us, the, the gifts, the callings, the talents that he's placed within us. Listen, submit those things to God. Can I say this? No hurt is worth you not submitting that to God. No offense is worth you not submitting what God placed in you to God. It's not worth it. I said it's not worth it. We have gifts differing from one another. Let us therefore use them. If, it, if it's a time, it's our resources of what God's planet is, he's put it there to produce for the kingdom of God, not to just, to just shelter and protect and to, and to keep safe for ourselves, but to use it for the kingdom of God. Zach talked about needing, get on join an illustrious team. Get involved, do more. I, can I will tell you this, there is more this church can do. There is more this God has called our church to do. Now, I know most of us here are involved, but this must become a part of who we are as a congregation, that we're going to use what we have for God. We're going to give of our time and our resources like it's, it's the last thing we've got to give. There's more that we can do. Just because there's not a need, we're not getting up and saying we need more people in this, doesn't mean there's not a need for more people in different areas. Because we're going to branch into anything else. We've got to make sure what we're already doing is being taken care of. There are things the Lord has called us to do beyond what we're doing now. And, and, and I'm not happy with just the way we've always done things. There's more God is calling us to. I said there's more that God is calling us to. Oftentimes it's the same people doing the same things, doing everything. That's the truth. <laughs> Y'all still love me, right? Oftentimes, there's a select few doing the most, doing much of what's being done. We're limiting what we can do further. There's only so much time. There's only so much opportunities that people have. There's only so much you can do. Hmm. I'm talking for over almost 40 minutes. I thought this would be quick tonight. 
You know, there's so many little things in our hearts we've got to make sure that that's submitted to God. Our will, our, our, our affections, these are the things that we value. Can I meddle for a minute? I got no amen. Sorry. Okay. Well, let's move on. All right. So let's all pray. We'll be dismissed. In any area, if we have stipulations on it, and it's not just wide open, then we're denying the power of God in our life. If if a person will, we're talking, we're talking about this last one. We're talking about our resources and serving. If we'll, I'm gonna look down so nobody thinks I'm talking to them. If you if serving is only limited to certain times, and now there are times where you just can't do things. I get it, but but. But in general, if only, let's say only, I'll only, I'll only play the drums if Brother Steve is leading worship. I think we've ever had that one, right? No, because nobody likes Steve. So, no, I'll only, I'll only, I'll only, I'll only play the bass if Brother Tim's playing drums. I like the way he drums. I'll, I'll play, I'll volunteer then, but no other time. If you're putting a stipulation on it, it could be in any areas. I'll only serve if somebody else gets to serve with me. It could be, could be a lot of different things. If you're putting stipulations on it, that's a continual thing. Now, I'm saying I can't serve because I'm going to be on vacation. We'll be on vacation. But if you can't serve because you're on vacation all the time, that's not a vacation. That's a lifestyle. And so do you have a, a lifestyle of serving Jesus or a lifestyle of serving yourself? I'm not going to look up. I just did. I, but... But we put stipulations, I'll do it if this, 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 and then we, and, and we, 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 I, and this could be in any area, in our will, it could be in our affection, I'll, I'll, I'll submit if it's this, if it's, that's not submission, that's then agreement, and then whatever that condition was, that's your reward, and you get nothing beyond that. A lifestyle of that is, is one of these things where you stand before Jesus, and you are center stage before the creator of the heavens and the universe, and he'll look at all that you did and you'll get nothing for it. Because those things you did, this trip and that trip and, and this thing and that thing, that was your reward. So you denied the power of God in your life then. You're denying the power of God in your life now. You delegitimize the power of God in somebody else's life then. And you delegitimize it in somebody's life now. There can't be conditions to our submission to God. So there can't be conditions our submission to God. There can't be conditions our submission to God. Now, I know that some people don't like that, but that's the truth. Find me a scripture that says, do what feels good. Find me one, and boy, I'll be with you. I'll run and dance. We're going to have ourselves a good time. Find me that scripture. Find me the one that says, serve God with all your heart when it's convenient to do it. Whoo! It's not in there. It's not in there. He gave us all. He's just asking for a little bit. It's really, it's a little bit. But we've got to submit to God. Our families, put him first. Model these things at home. Even when your kids are grown, keep modeling it. Keep modeling it. Because it'll work. People see what works. It legitimizes obedience. It legitimizes a submitted heart. Even when they're grown, it, it legitimizes a submitted heart. Our bodies, 
living for God is reason. What we do with ourselves, our lives matter. Amen? I'm going to stop tonight, but are you submitting in every area of life? Is there any area you're not submitting to God in? If there's an area you're not submitting to God in, get, get, it, stri- get it straight. Repent. Now, you know, that's something we ought to ask God to forgive us for. I didn't submit. I, I, I wasn't doing it in this area. I'm, I'm gonna, I, Lord, forgive me. To know and not do is sin. To know to do something and not do it, that's sin. That, we have scripture for that. And God's word is inspired, right? So if it's an area we're not doing, well, don't beat stuff up over it. Just, just submit. Or just ask God to forgive you, right? Start there. Thank God for mercy. Thank God for mercy. But mercy can't be accessed if we don't get it right. And then there's that thing called grace to help in time of need that comes right alongside where it seems painful, where it seems hard, where we don't understand how it's going to work. That's where God's grace comes along and makes up the difference. God's grace is good. He is faithful to his word. He is faithful to his word. Amen. I'm going to read this one last scripture. I read it before. For willing and obedient, which is just being fully submitted, will eat the good of the land. For willing and obedient, will eat the good of the land. It's not hard, but it is a decision we've got to make. Amen. Father, we're so grateful for your goodness tonight, so thankful for your presence and your your help tonight. Thank you for your word. Your word is life. Your words are life. They are truth. They are a help to us in every area. And so, Father, we are thankful. We are grateful tonight. Father, I'm thankful for every submitted person here tonight and every person who will Make the changes that are necessary. Lord, I know you are faithful to do what you said you would do in your word. To honor, to receive that person, to honor them, to promote them, to bless them. But more importantly, Lord, we want to be well-pleasing to you. We want to walk in a way that you are pleased with us. And a submitted heart towards you, Father, is vital. We are so very thankful tonight. Hallelujah. Father, we love you. We thank you for your goodness. In the mighty, wonderful name of Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. 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 Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Sweet presence here tonight. If the Lord, I know this afternoon, I, I, before I came out, I just said, Lord, is there areas I, I, I can step up in my submission to you? There were, one came and I thought, oh, okay. And then another one came. All, we all have areas we can submit ourselves further and more deeply. If the Lord's dealing with you about that, be like Brother Hagin, get, get it right right now. Nobody's looking around. You can just, you can just real quickly do that just in your own heart. Make those adjustments. Repent of sin where you need to. Ask for grace, his help to move forward. He'll do it. He'll give it to you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You are faithful. 
You are faithful, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Hallelujah. A good friend of our family, a pastor, a pastor that we've uh, we've all known, Pastor Greg, Pastor Angel, and Steve, uh, passed away last week, and his funeral is going to be uh, this Tuesday night. And um, I read the obituary that the family put out this week, and it and it said, you know, Brother Tom. Pastor Tom has gone to his reward and he has heard the Lord say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And while, while, while Pastor Tom Du Bois is concerned, I don't doubt it. I don't doubt that. But it struck me, how do we know? Not everybody will hear those words. That's a sobering thing. We were reading this morning in 2 Corinthians 5, and I stopped before I got down to this verse. I stopped at verse 8, but verse 10 says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body, whether good or bad. You know, there's a phony grace message out there that says it's all good. The grace of God has covered everything and God, I, I'm strong on the love of God. But there are some preachers, that's all they preach. God loves you. You're okay. He's for you. God loves you. You have it all. He's, and it's, all of those things are true, but they're not the whole message. Because here it says that each one will receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. That tells me the bad's still out there if it's not repented of. Otherwise, it's not the judgment seat of Christ. Amen. We must all appear. And then over in Romans 14, it it talks about the same thing. In verse 10, it says, For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, As I live, says the Lord, Every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us shall give an account of himself to God. Each of us. That day's coming. And like I said, not everybody is going to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And not everybody is going to have the same reward in heaven. The Bible talks about not being ashamed of the Lord or ashamed before the Lord at his coming. That's true. Not ever not everybody in heaven's going to be on the same level. Better it's better than burning in hell. But not everybody's going to be the same in heaven. Not everybody's going to have the same reward. Some people are going to have regrets. 
I know, I know the Bible says he'll wipe every tear from our eyes. That, that's one side of it. But I'm telling you, not everybody is going to have the same reward. Amen. It's a good message tonight. We need to take it to heart. We need to take it to heart. Fully, fully, fully submitted to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord. Wasn't that good? Good, good message. Praise God. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you tonight. Glory to God. We thank you for the truth that we've heard tonight that has stirred our heart. It's caused us to examine ourselves. Your word teaches we're instructed to examine ourselves because we will each one stand before you one day. We'll stand before the Lord Jesus who gave everything he had, didn't hold back anything. He was fully submitted. And he's the one we'll stand before. We'll all give an account of ourselves. Glory to God. Father, we we thank you, Lord, for helping us tonight. You've helped us. You've helped us. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for consecration. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We sing he's worthy of our praise. He's worthy of our consecration. You're worthy, Lord, of our submission. Our consecration. You're worthy of our separation. You're worthy of our sanctification. You're worthy of our dedication, our full surrender to you. Glory to God. You're worthy of that. You deserve that. Hallelujah. Help us, Father, to lay everything down. To lay everything down and fully submit to you. We thank you, Lord, that you are helping us. You are and you will help us. We thank you, Lord. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.